0: Welcome to King Talk, our honest and transparent discussion on any and all issues related to youth sports. If there's something you would like to hear discussed, feel free to drop us a line on IG at King Talk Podcast. One word, that's one word, King Talk Podcast, or on Facebook at King Talk Podcast. I'm Joseph Roberson, and, and the the yin to my yang, or yang to my yin, I don't know which one is which, Brian Tanner couldn't be with us today because B. Tanner is off supporting his son in his graduation. So shout out and congratulations to the young king, uh, Brandon Wilson, congrats. And then we'll see what's next. And uh, hey, so if B Tanner ain't here, I'm just telling y'all too, don't be disappointed, man. Y'all know B bring the energy. So so I do the best I can today, but in his absence, I do have a special guest for you, okay? I'd like to welcome a personal friend, someone I admire and respect very much. I don't always agree with him, though. But that being said, I I respect him very much. Former Notre Dame High School, Chatsworth High School standout, former Ventura College and Washington State Cougar, and current assistant head coach at Village Christian, Eddie Miller. What's up, E Mills? E, we don't have an applause machine, so we just clap for people. Thank you for having me, Mr. Roberson. Hey, I appreciate you, E. Hey, now that being said, E, congratulations, because you also have multiple children, a daughter and a stepdaughter currently graduating high school. So congratulations on that accomplishment. That's a big deal. All right. One, um, Jaquia actually accepted, uh, to my understanding, I could be wrong, accepted a scholarship offer for basketball. And I should have told everybody, too, when I said uh, Norder, do you say Norder or do you say Notra? Notra. Okay. Hey, that's a big deal, too. Notre Dame, because I don't want no alum looking for me. I don't want no alum looking for me, running up on me in the streets, talking about, hey, it's Notre, right? You know when stuff happens to people in the press and you don't really know why? What if it was over something like that? Hey, he was on there talking about Notre. So Notre Dame Dame High School uh, basketball, Uh, I think you won a championship with them years ago. And then also, is that accurate? You won a championship with them when you played there? CIS title in that year, too. Okay. Oh, I'm, in my world, that's a championship. I was like, <laughs> that, 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 that is a championship in <laughs> my life. You got me? Uh, also played at Chatsworth and then went on. But uh, I mentioned to Washington State. And your daughter, Jaquay, accepted a scholarship offered to my knowledge, to the University of Washington. All right. that is the Huskies. The Huskies. Okay. That's what's up. So, hey, real quick, even though it's not the most relevant thing, I got to ask you, how do you – how do you feel about her accepting a scholarship offer to your rivals? Because those are state interstate rivals with Washington State, correct? They are. They are. Um,
1: you know, at first I had to deal with it in the social media with a lot of my former teammates. Okay. Trying okay. to figure out how did I let that happen. And yeah, then I reminded yeah. myself that it wasn't coming out of my pocket. So Okay. Okay yeah it was more than a blessing (laughs)
0: you know what's so crazy about too the generation we're dealing with so when when your child makes a decision you will have people making comments like how did you let that happen like what you mean how i let that happen you know my child is a young adult now and they made a decision and and i got to support the decision you know but that is a big accomplishment is that uh you know how do you feel about that because that's that's a big deal a full scholarship a full ride to a major division one university in the pac-12
1: you know, it was a, you know, it was a blessing because Jaquia didn't start out loving the game of basketball, you know, it was just mm-hmm. the way that she found uh easier fit to f- spend time with her dad, okay. you know, because I was in the gym a lot, running camps and training kids and working with everyone else's kids, and it took away from, you know, the the time spent with her, she figured out that that was the way to get daddy's time, so she okay. started coming to the gym, you okay. know, hanging out with practices and sitting there watching. And then one day it's funny because Arsenio Hall's son played for me, Sharon Hall. And Arsenio was at the game and he caught this flick. He took a picture of Jaquia sitting on the bench with me and she was to the top of her her, her feet (laughs) at the edge of her seat and just engaged in the game. And once she seen that picture, I think from there she decided, man, I want to do this. You, you strangers okay. are taking pictures of me. You know, okay. Samuel Hall's a household right. name, but she right. didn't know who he was. And once we Googled him and I showed her who she was, she just, uh, she thought that was the best thing to get attention from strangers. So she ran with it. Gotcha, it was, gotcha. <laughs> you know, one of the things I caught that you just
0: said is she decided. and And sometimes when I'm around various parents, I don't know if they get that. That at the end of the day, the commitment required to play at many of these competitive programs, um, whether we're talking about travel ball or high school, to get a scholarship or even aspire to do things at a professional level. It requires so much sacrifice, time, commitment, dedication, persistence, perseverance, that that has to be a decision your child makes. You can't really impose that on their identity. I mean, would you agree? What would you say?
1: No, absolutely. Um, you know, Jaquia calls me a couple of times out of the night and- and it's about different arguments that her and her mom's having about the way she's playing the game. Right. And, right. you know, one of the things I've told you, Kuea, was was uh, she's got to block out what everyone else is saying. Because at the end of the day, she's the one putting her body through the the practices, through all the running... You know, through the multiple games of non foul calling. Right, right. You know, she's six four, six five. So obviously yeah. the game is officiated a little bit different for her. So she's gotta endure a little bit more right. physical abuse, yeah. so sort to of speak, than any of the other kids. So uh, you know, it's just something I've always told her, you, you don't do it for me, you don't do it for your mom. Do it because it's something that you wanna do. You know, she's gotta put up with the aches and the pain at the end okay. of practice and at the end of this, this, this basketball journey.
0: Right, real life, real life. And hey, now let me ask you a question. So she's come, coming out of high school um, and accepted that scholarship to the University of Washington. A lot of times when i work in with students at the community college level and they're entertaining offers, some of the feedback I give them, you know, everybody wants to talk about the athletic programs, but some of the feedback I give them is related to Okay, well, first of all, does the school giving you the offer had a major you want to major in um, in terms of the career opportunities you're looking for post-school? Um, also, I asked them, have you looked in the local community? Because I think there was a study done before that said like 80% of athletes end up residing in the local community where they go to school, right? So when someone's considering or entertaining different offers coming out of high school, like what are the things you discuss discussed with Jaquia? In terms of the various universities, because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't she also uh, receiving offers from like Oregon and maybe several other schools and between you and me, you know, forgive me, my brother, because I know the state of Washington and treated your family well, but, um, you know, I mean I might have went to Oregon, my brother. I don't know, Oregon, <laughs> they just seem like they having fun up there. For some reason it seemed well not for some reason, I guess it would be Phil Nike, right? But it seemed Phil is it night or not? Nike. I don't know. Okay, so it seemed like uh, it seemed like they treated the athletes are treated pretty well up there. But again, that's not me having gone to actually look at the school and its academic programs or the local community. That's just me looking at the university itself and how it's represented on television. So anyway, what, what did you discuss? What is the criteria by which a parent would be evaluating an institution?
1: Um, I mean, obviously, you want to make sure that you check and see what's their graduation rate. Okay. Um, you know, female basketball is a little bit different than male basketball. There's just a, you know, longer, longer avenue of a career with men. Okay, you know, okay. Um, You know, with Jaquia and choosing her school, she she wanted to, uh, you know, go somewhere where she would feel at home. Right, right. You know, she's not a uh, a traveler like myself, you know, so okay. being comfortable and feeling this sense of, Family was was huge to her. You know, University of Washington recruited her as an eighth grader in middle school, and going through two different staffs, they uh, continued to recruit her. So okay. I think she just felt uh, she felt the sense of family with Coach Jody and Coach Derek over at uh, UW right now. And so one of the biggest decisions on her choosing Washington was they do have a great communications program. I mean, she liked to get into some sports commentating and you know staying within that field and uh it was close to home for her Her mom lives in seattle it was far enough to where you know she uh it was far enough away from home to where you know she she had to think about if she was gonna go home or you know it wasn't wasn't too far so that was a big thing for her being close to to her mom and so it's both cl- hey, it's, it's <laughs> close
0: enough and far enough at the same time. It's close enough and far enough at the same, same time. Okay, look, young people, we get what y'all want when y'all want to go to college. Hey, so, much of, um, so much of the expectations for the university experience has changed over time, too, from the perspective that years ago it was also about growing into independence and young adulthood and moving away from your family. But now with our understanding of debt, right? It's like a lot of kids, that's, man, moving away from home might not be the best path anymore. So I do hear what you're saying. That's kind of an ideal situation where she she gets out the house, she gets some distance where she establishes autonomy and independence, but it's still close enough for her mom to get to her. And and, and just so y'all know, he'll get to anybody anywhere. This dude right here, when he said traveler, he was for real. So I just want to give y'all understanding of what that means on a local level. Because right, first of all, I've been out to Washington uh, on several trips with E to see his, his baby play. But that being said, he's the type of person who says, hey, let's hop in the car and run a- around the corner. Now, mind you, we in the San Fernando Valley. I get in the car with E, we end up in Long Beach, Anaheim, uh, a city, Santa Maria. I just be like, where are we at? My brother, you said around the corner. But mind you, we might go for breakfast, I'll be like, my brother, like I thought you he said we're gonna hit this little breakfast spot. I'm like, my brother, where are we at? You got me? Where your people stay in LA too? He told me one day we was going around the corner like his family was having an event. I'm figuring his family out here in the valley, where we end up in LA. Uh
1: where were we on 90th and fifth? I no? don't know,
0: but I'm like, man, like where you got me, player? I just feel oh, oh, like oh oh
1: we was in uh we was in Compton. Okay. okay. I'm
0: like, man, look, this is not right around the corner, my brother. We need to talk about what you're right around the corner. So when E he say he'll travel. He really will travel without a problem. I used to call him a vampire because I'd be like, my brother, I think you functioning on three hours of sleep, you know? Like, if y'all ever see me focus, uh, functioning on three hours of sleep, y'all need to pull me to the side and talk to me and be like, hey, Joe, you're doing too much, you know? But that being said, I hear you. Now, E, you mentioned, um, two graduation rates. And one of the things I wanted to mention about yourself that a lot of people may not know is, you actually finished your degree at Washington State post your playing career, so you it meant enough to you that you went back and got your degree. Why? Like, and, and in one sense, I understand why, but I'm asking so anyone listening can hear. But also, like, like why in a sense of what did that
1: mean to you? Um, you know, one of the things growing up I learned as I got older was. When you fill out applications and people checked history and backgrounds, everybody wants to know what's your completion rate. What do you complete? Right, right. You know, you know, how many high schools have you been to? How many different job opportunities have you walked away from? And so I graduated. I left school in 2000 okay. at Washington State. Okay. That was without a degree. It's 2019 now. So it's taken me 19 years to go back and and finish it and and a, a a big uh part of that is owed to me just dealing with youth. You know, I didn't want to be a hypocrite and tell kids go to school, get a degree and I don't have one myself. So okay. you know, making sure that uh what comes out of my mouth, you know, I, I kinda followed and, and, and backed up. I gotcha. you know. Gotcha. So that was real key to going back and finishing that up. And then me and my son have an inside joke that I think I told you about a while ago (laughs) that you said you wouldn't repeat it. What's up, young King Jameer? What's up? Well, he made me a bet that he'd get a college degree before me. (laughs) So that really motivated me to go back and finish because it's something that he, uh, it was a deal he made and he meant and, In his own little adult way, it was his way of encouraging me and letting me know, like, Dad, I got your back, man. Get get this done. Get this done. Yeah.
0: Hey, parents, remember that, too, when you're pushing um, different principles on your child, that they're also going to hold you accountable. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And please
0: believe, so I don't care if it's just fitness. And you're not fit. Please believe they go have some comments for you as you get older. Yeah. Hey, I just need y'all to know uh, E. Miller, a.k.a. E. Mills. You heard me shout. Hey, E., thanks for coming to my brother. Me I appreciate you, you out. having me, man. Every okay. other podcast, letting people know I'm looking for you. I been telling people, like, <laughs> if you see him in the street, stop him. Hey, but let me tell you how much of a real one he is, though. This is how much of a real one. I, I articulated it uh, very specifically just now. To only indicate that he finished his degree after leaving there with would uh post his basketball career, he chose to let you know it was nineteen years later, so that 's what a man who can speak beyond his ego. Mm-hmm and who's secure about his identity will do, because I wouldn't have did that. I would have, told y'all, I would have left it vague. I would have, y'all would have been thinking I went back a month later and finished it up, you feel me? I would have left, that that would have been what we call vague and unspecific, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, hey, that's one thing I've always appreciated you about you is your honesty. Now, as we move towards professionalism though, we we have to balance that honesty and in our community we talk a lot about keeping it real and you do keep it real but then at the same time there has to be a balance as it relates to professionalism and also you know the institutions we both work for that that continue to pay for our families' lives um so you know the reason i bring that up is this as a coach both for a travel program and assistant head coach for a local high school program And as a parent of a child who has excelled to a high level and also a former player at a high level, um, how do you deal with parents who, for lack of a better word, may be delusional about where their kid fit in or may have unrealistic expectations and they begin to impose that on you as if you are the determiner of their children's outcomes so my kid ain't performing at the level i want and that's on you because i know your personality on a personal level and then i know at the same time there's certain expectations of professionalism how do you deal with parents
1: you know no, it's funny you asked that uh i was out at taco tuesday okay Two nights ago when uh, one of the parents from a local Hey, real quick.
0: Can I, I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick. I just feel, because B ain't here, Brian Tanner right here, I give you my word. B, this is for you, my brother. This is how I feel about you, B. If B was here, the first question he would ask you is, man, how was the tacos? Man, how was the tacos? Was the ta-? And I need to do that to honor B, because I really like, I'm uncomfortable doing this without him. And at the same time, I know, like, the expectation is the show must go on, and he handling family business, so he looked at me like, get it done, but B would have wanted to know was the tacos cracking. B, they're
1: street tacos, they're okay. cracking. Okay, that's what's up. Uh, okay, thank you for letting me interrupt you. So,
0: it was Taco Tuesday.
1: And so, no, uh, you know, as a parent who is, he's been involved with a local club team for a couple of years now, and because this particular program is starting to grow with more kids, and... His son's not getting the attention he was getting in the beginning. His thing was his son's just not growing anymore. You're right. Right. And so you can relate to this, Joe. I asked him, I said, well, between skills camps, games, and Saturday's practice that he says he has, I asked him what is he doing to help get his kid better himself. You know what I mean? And, And he stopped. He stopped. He looked at me as if. No one's ever at, you know, like, as if he didn't know he was supposed to have a role in this part of his son's development. And so to answer your question, you know, I'm very sympathetic to parents when it comes to that, because, you know, my mom was a working mom of four. You know, my dad was in and out of the house. And so I had to depend on, you know, outside family members and strangers to encourage me and work with me extra other than what I did on my own. Right. And so the. Timeout policy that the street is aware of that I have. Yeah, I try yeah. not to resort to that right away because it 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 does get difficult when you have I to be tell very
0: time-out stuff too. I tell you about that later. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be
1: very honest. Well, you have to be very honest with a parent, and they come to the realization that yeah, my kid's just not that good. Yeah, you know, and you know a lot of the coaching and teaching that I do it. Most of it has nothing to do with basketball and being yeah. on the court. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's about being a young man and yeah. building character and boosting self esteem. Because you know, as a society, with our peers, and I'm sure you know this, Mr. Robertson, kids can be mean, right. and that's where we form a lot of our uh, emotions. It's outside the house, based on what's being said to us by our peers. So, you know, it's uh, it's easy for me to be very realistic with a parent and make it very well known that you may not like how I say what I'm going to say, but you have to listen to the message. You know, I don't apologize for the delivery. Right. And most of the parents, you know, they, they understand that real quick with me. And for the ones that don't, you know, this is just not the cup of tea that they drink. Right, right. Dang, he went for a cup of tea while I'm sitting here drinking tea, y'all. You, want, you, you know when you be wondering, whether there's hidden messages and what people be saying
0: to you, right? Hey, just so y'all know, a couple of years back, I had been working with my son and I took my son. Um, Eddie means enough to me, knowing him on a personal level that, you know, I sought him out in order to work with my son. Um, in part because I've played so competitively in athletics that, if you a coach that I used to run through on the court, it's hard for me to bring you my son. And most people who compete against me. I ran through you, nothing personal and not to be arrogant, but I live and die. I live and die with whatever I seek to do. So I went to Eddie because when I played against Eddie, and that was only really one time, right? But I just figured I was go bully him, even though he's 6'8". I mean, that's just who I am. He's 6'8". I'm six foot on the program and say I'm 6'2", though. On the program and say I'm 6'2". But I'm used to if I put this elbow in your chest, but I put an elbow on Eddie and he elbowed me back. I was like, what type of stuff is this, right? But I just knew his competitive level. But also one of the things I appreciated about him is... um. I really noticed like, okay, his focus is not about athletics just for the sake of athletics. He understands that there has to be all these peripheral lessons being learned. And and he, I think one of the things I noticed about you is you kind of got this love-hate relationship with sports. And I've talked to you a lot in the past on a personal level, but it seemed like you went through a lot and you were exposed to a lot based on people's expectations of where you were supposed to end up. So... I've spoken to a lot of your teammates from Washington, well, three, I know I should say a lot, but about three or four of your teammates from Washington State. And you know what I found so odd is that you never told me that many people considered you a viable NBA prospect. So I was never aware of that until they told me that, like, no, he was supposed to be in the NBA. He was supposed to be in the NBA. And based on them watching your performance at Washington State. What happened? Where was the love and hate relationship with basketball? Because sometimes if I give you my own interpretation, I feel like you were exposed too mu- to too much too young. Like even when you tell me about your life, I think you tell me about things like when you were 10 or 11, how old, how tall were you at 10? Uh, 6'6. Six, six. At 10 years old?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Hey man, can I just have got a couple of them inches wow. in my life that would have that right? Wow. But so it seems like people had you pegged and pigeonholed into a certain life so early and then therefore adults were attaching themselves to your life and your outcomes, that it seems like when you deal with the kids on your team, you're always trying to shelter them from and protect them from all these peripheral issues in basketball. I could be wrong, that's just my interpretation. What happened with you?
1: What happened with you? Um, <clears throat> you know, I... Uh... I think that I uh was just thrown into this mix, you know, being a kid from South Central Los Angeles, you know, coming off of ninetieth and fig, can I say yeah. which was known as the Holstro. Can I say that? Okay, yeah. I mean it's the truth. Right. <laughs> it's the truth. We had so I care. had to walk to school, you know, right. in elementary and Walk probably 25 blocks and get chased by the local neighborhood dog. And this is all before basketball. So I didn't start playing basketball, actually, until I moved to the Valley, which was probably late 80s. Back in 80, I'm sorry, probably back in 89, Mm -hmm. maybe 90, you know, and a stranger walked up to me and said, you're tall, you should go to this camp, which turned out to be Dana and David Pump's camp, which was being held at Campbell Hall at the time. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I went to the camp, I went to the camp and I had a Mickey Mouse in my head at the time. That's you know, I used to stay fresh and I had my own personal barber at the time coming from the city. So okay. I would get designs and okay. letters and characters in my head. Okay. And so that's how, uh. Oh, you literally had Mickey Mouse. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, the hey, Mickey hey, Mouse was, in my head. I was going to ask that. you what that meant in a second, but for the
0: moment I was going to pretend like I just got like, yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mickey Mouse. You
1: know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. You know. And so, it all, uh, you know. Once I went to the Dana Pump Camp, and someone, someone, I can't tell you who. I don't know who it was a card that was passed to a card that was passed to me that I gave it to my mom, and you know Goldberg was in our living room one day. Rich Goldberg. Yeah. Rich of Goldberg. ARC fame. Of ARC. Hey,
0: Rich, what's up, Rich? What's up? Rich? I need you to come do the show too, Rich. I need you on the podcast, man. I'm coming to get you. If y'all see Rich, tell him I put the word out on him too. There's a green light to get him on the show. Hey, Rich is the founder of ARC, just so y'all know, and which at least at one time, if not now, was the largest youth basketball organization in at least the western half of the United States. So, and, and let's, I'll, I'll get to Rich in a second. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. So, someone passed you his card.
1: Yeah, someone passed me his card, and you know he came and introduced himself to my mom, and he brought a book with him called Raw Recruits. And the first thing he said to was my mom was, "Don't believe everything you read in this book, but I want to be honest with you, you know." And then from there, it just kind of it just kind of took off. Um, you know, I played one sport, one sport only. It was basketball, you know, I learned real fast. You know, back at that time when I was playing, you know, Shea Cotton was considered a... Young man, child at eleven, twelve years old, and that's not uh, just an expression. They
0: called him the man child. He was called the man child. Hey, y'all gotta go Google Shea Cotton too. He's Googleable. Go <laughs> Google Shea Cotton and watch some footage on him, and you're gonna understand real quick too. So, for all the parents who swear your kid is Division One talent, do me that favor and go Google him, so you understand what it means to presume your kid is Division One talent.
1: All right, so Shea Cotton. Yeah, and so I grew up playing against guys like that, and I uh, I didn't have a trainer. You know, I didn't have a trainer. I didn't have a shooting coach. I didn't have a weightlifting coach. I just had games that was provided to me through Rich, and, right. and, and we traveled and played at the highest level. And one of the things I think that, uh, you know, burnt me out, you know, with my first wife, you know, I call basketball my first wife, it was, uh, you know, just not having an opportunity to be a kid. Hey, that's no. so deep,
0: real quick. I apologize. I try not to interrupt people, but when he said my first wife, my eyes lit up like, damn, where he going with that? Go? Okay, so basketball is your first wife. Right. Basketball okay. I right. right. right, got you. So you have you were traveling, but you said eventually you potentially burnt
1: you out. Yeah, it just potentially burnt me out. Uh, you know, it was all I did. You know, I traveled, we went from coast to coast, and this was when we uh When Rich had a sponsorship, you know, we went through the Nike sponsorship, we went through the L.A. Gear sponsorship, the Puma sponsorship, and the resources was there at the time for Rich. So we we flew all over the country and played and and played more and traveled and practiced and played, and I just kind of, you know... Let the years fly by, kind of like you know, what me and Jaquia were talking about. You know, she's missed a few family reunions, she's missed a few Christmases, and yeah, because she's living that life that traveling now. She's hey, playing on hey, the EYBL circuit, that true
0: travel ball. Some of us say our kids play travel ball, we travel from here to Anaheim, we travel from here to right, Garden and and Grove, and yeah. But when you talk about travel ball, you're about, level. yeah, your child getting so you th- your your child traveling across the country. Constantly, weekend after weekend, the wear and tear puts on them both physically, emotionally, psychologically. You know, so you said she's made some sacrifices already and missed some events, you know?
1: And as she gets older, it's one of the things right now that makes her emotional the time she's lost with, you know, her brother, little Eddie, as he turns six years old. And now she's 18. She's going into college. She's missed her whole high school. You know, she's missed four years of development with her younger brother right. and her younger right. brother. And so, you know, just going back to the question you asked me what happened, I just, uh, you know, I didn't have a Coach Eddie. I didn't have a Coach Coach Roberson. You know, I didn't have someone that really cared about me and it, you know, didn't hit me till later in life that this was truly business. You know, and then I had to find out on my own that, if a hundred people are telling you they love you and it's only a hundred in your circle, then someone's got to be lying to you. So yeah. it's just a lot of things that uh, burnt me out about the business that I didn't know. You know, um, you know, Shea Cotton's mom, Gay Nell, she said it best in his documentary, The Man Child, this game will eat you up and spit you out with Real no quick. apologies. Real quick. So if you don't find something else to do, you know, we mentioned me going back and getting my degree. If you don't find something else to do and something else to fall on it, you know, you'll you'll be one of those people. You know, yeah. feeling like there's nothing left. Right. You know, like you've given your all to something with no return. So, you know, you know what happened was me. I happened. You right. know, I didn't learn discipline to later in life, and I'm still working on it. You know, there's a uh, there's no one to blame. Nothing happened. You know, right. I didn't happen. Right. <laughs> wow. That, <laughs> you know hey, look, I respect
0: that too. You you hold yourself accountable. Even, Absolutely. Even though when I look at it. You know, there's a part, and I respect that, because I think at the end of the day, to get anywhere in life effectively, we all have to hold ourselves accountable at the end of the day. And then at the same time, my brother, like, I see the predatory nature of youth sports at times, especially when you are the NBA prospect. And, you know, I told you before, uh, you know, I told Eddie many times, y'all, that a a 6'8 life is different from a a 5'11 life. People ain't running to attach themselves to you at 5'11 because you're not that type one top 1% in terms of the physical attributes. Whereas when you're 6'8, you know, you're know you going to encounter the predatory nature of youth sports in terms of adults attaching themselves, making some things accessible to you that shouldn't be at certain ages. Um, you live in a lifestyle. Let's be real, my brother. You in high school and you having people approach you in ways that really someone isn't going to be emotionally prepared to deal with until they in their late 20s but you a teenager trying to deal with those same issues so you know I I respect
1: you my brother and uh my king and I you know I commend you for that you know <laughs> I was I was telling Jacquard that there's so much that comes with this uh this life this you know that phrase ball is life there's so yeah. much to come with it you know the other day I was at uh Universal Studio with my with, with little Eddie and my wife and uh You know, as soon as I walked in, and I'm only 6'8", right? I'm only 6'8". Nowadays, guys are 7'5", 7'2". I mean, 6'8 is a little guy these days. And as soon as I walked in... Hey, I feel real little right now. (laughs) Just, Just so
0: everybody know, I feel real little. But go ahead,
1: as soon as you walked in. As soon as I walked in, I had... It was probably 15 or 20 kids. They were probably in high school, maybe college. They were from New York, and so one of the little girls ran up on me and said, oh, my God, oh, my God, can I get a picture? And so I looked, and I said, no, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, you know, I was hanging I was hanging with little Eddie. And so then her friends came up, and it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's your name, what's your name? And I said, Eddie. She's like, no, it's not, no, it's not. Who, who are you? Who are you? You're famous. I know who you are. I know you. What's your name? And so I bring that up just to say I was telling my daughter, and so, You know, everybody's got their phone and they're snapping pictures and they made this big ordeal and they were very persistent on me being someone other than who I said I was. So when my wife came up, they said, oh, my God, what's his name? What's his name? And she said, well, what did he tell you it was? Uh, He said, "Uh, Eddie. She's like, yeah, Eddie. (laughs) And so they wanted so bad to believe that I was someone else. And I kept asking, who who do you want me to be? What do you think my name is? Yeah, yeah. And so I was telling Jaquia that there's so much that comes with, uh, you know, this, this, this life, this right. life, I won't just say basketball, but this life right. that, right. you know, it, uh, anything attached to pop culture lifestyle nowadays, anything you know. attached to it, it, it it comes with, comes with yeah. the price. And, uh, I think the, uh, the biggest thing out of that was that, uh, you know, because she doesn't like to be asked how tall she is. She doesn't like to be asked, do she play basketball? And I was just bringing that up because I remember that feeling.
0: Right. You right. know,
1: you know. Right. You go from not having attention to having too much attention to, right. you know. And I thought... uh how stressful that that used to be even as a college player you know I had issues with people staring at me and I didn't know how to take that until right. I learned like oh man they're trying to figure out how to approach me I yeah, think yeah. and just the thought of wanting to just just hang you know I was and you know, I was really trying to just hang with Lil Eddie and it started to bother me a little bit so I can imagine what people right. who are actually somebody have right, to go right. through you know yeah. what I mean so there's more going on than just basketball and sports and and crazy parents and a lot of these kids will probably never get to that level to where they'll get yeah, noticed yeah, like that. But yeah. it's, uh, it's something to take into uh, consideration and account.
0: Hey, look, when I was younger, I used to always feel that way, too. Like, why are they staring at me? Why are they staring at me? Why are they always staring at me? Everywhere I go, they staring at me. Then one day I looked in the mirror, I realized with the tattoo and the long hair, you know, below my shoulders, driving the Cadillac. That's why the police always staring at me. But, you know... I got past it, you know? I guess that's not the same thing as you talking about athletics. I'm sorry, but that was my little (laughs) attempt to relate. That was hey, look, look, that was my little attempt to relate. Like why the police always tear at me, you know? But it is what it is. It is what it is, though. I hear you. That's deep, E. That's deep. Hey, so that being said, let's say there's a young person or a parent listening right now, right? What would you tell them? What all these experiences you've had, E, what message? would you want them to get about sports, about athletics, be it basketball, any youth sports? What would you want them to know? Whether it's whatever message you'd like to deliver, like this is your opportunity to share something that's so meaningful that you've carried on your heart. What would it be?
1: Um, you know, that sports is not forever. You know, I think, uh, for me, while it's on my mind real quick, because you know I have a short attention span, and I'll lose my thought. It's, uh, you know, for me, sports was a, a way of helping me identify, you know, and maneuver through life a little bit, kind of like money, you know, although money... They say can't buy happiness. Well yeah it can. You can no <laughs> hey, we, hey, that being said, I know being broke don't help <laughs> I know being broke don't help happiness, just if, if it's okay to say that. We know that, right? You no. Know? No, it uh, you know it's it's you know for some sports is a, a functioning mechanism for, you know, some of these kids. And uh, it really helped me groom who I was, you know, as the taller kid. Always, you know, I got bullied coming up, you know, being from Los Angeles and coming to the valley. If it wasn't from my own community, then when I moved to the valley, it was me being one of the only local black kids around in a predominantly Hispanic environment and neighborhood. So, you know, being the the basketball guy, you know, everybody began to, you know, realize who I was and respect me and support me. And so... For a lot of kids, I think sports really gives them this identity, you know, um, and it, it, it helps mold them for later in life as a young man. You know, although, I, I you know, I got to be honest, I I never put in my head that I was going to the NBA. That's just what everyone else said, you know. Yeah. So while everyone else was thinking that, I'm thinking, okay, this is a way to keep people from bullying me. I could be this person on this court. that I had to carry that same persona off the court and so you know for a lot and you know I can speak for a lot of dudes I know that are on TV right now you know guys that I've talked to that kind of like anybody with a high job title you know we we hid behind sports in the beginning to define who we were and as we got older and developed into this this person that's what we ran with you know and so uh I would tell all parents to uh you know let uh the, let their kid have their dream. You know, um you know support them, be very real be very realistic with them. You know, everyone's not going to the NFL, everyone's not going to the NBA. There's only 60 NBA guys that gets drafted. Mm-hmm. And uh there's thousands and thousands of kids yeah. you know who want to be one of those 60. Yeah. You know, because life doesn't last forever, you know, I say you, you support whatever your kid wants to do and make sure that uh, the classroom is a part of that that speech.
0: Okay. Dang, that's deep, that's deep, my brother. Got me over here feeling emotional <laughs> and stuff, you know? Hey, but that's real life too, because, um, you know, just in my brief time, I've noticed that, hey, you just got different different groups of people. You got kids who play sports, to go to college. And I would say Mm -hmm. that's me and that's the path I hope to put my son on is using athletics to facilitate education, to create structure in his life, right? And then you got people who go to college simply to play sports Um, to each his own. I don't necessarily subscribe to that being the best case scenario. Um, For me also, athletics is just a means of staying in shape and subscribing to a certain lifestyle that generally provides for health. But, you know, that's a balance that I have to continue to work on. And, and again, that's why I appreciate your presence in my life, your presence in my son's life, um, to be able to call you a personal friend because I think you've helped me find that balance in terms of pushing my son to be the best he can be while also understanding reality and that it's over at some point one way or another. Mm-hmm. And what's so crazy about sports is when my college career was over senior day, I specifically remember senior day where I was coming to the reality that I had this dream of playing college sports and it was essentially over. And the day it was over and I w- I had nothing in my head about playing at the next level. I knew that really wasn't even a likelihood. Right. Matter of fact, to be honest with you, since I played college football, I didn't want to play football no more. I didn't want to. I was getting to the point like, dang, I really like lineup. 40 yards away from someone, retreat and then turn around and run at them full speed. I was starting to deal with the physical implications of football and playing all the time and having multiple concussions where I was ready to be done. And I still experienced some level of, I don't want to use the word depression, but just sadness that it was over. And at that moment, it wasn't just about sports. It was like, wow, I had a dream. I had a goal and I've accomplished it. And, and, oh, wow, it's over. So what now? Mm -hmm. And that's when I began to understand, like, oh, shoot, it sounds so cliché. But it really is about the journey because the journey is what I leave with and all the memories made. And so that's what I'm trying to do with my son now, make a bunch of memories and live a journey that we can always reflect back on and have joy. And as part of that, my brother, the relationship with you means a lot to me. And I appreciate you coming here to share with our listeners today um, some things about your journey and your experience and your feedback. All right. All right. There you have it. Um, you listen to two kings talking A.B. I missed you player I missed you I, um, And I'm sure the listeners did too Because I'm not nearly as entertaining as you <laughs> Right But that's what it is I right, listen and tune in next time B be back We out